and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our June 8th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We always start off our show with a prayer. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. To God, thanks for letting us be here today. Uh, thanks for letting us uh, be able to get through the storm. Pray for those people who did uh, have damage that they get the aid that they need and the help that they need. And I pray for all those people who are doing the helping that they get the strength that they need. And I'm praying um, that uh, we could be protected uh from storms for the rest of the year and uh, also the storm that's going throughout our country right now help us to find a way to unify and to come together in christ's name we pray amen uh, our lady of prompt sucker hasten to help us father son holy spirit amen all right y'all i hope y'all did okay this is coach deritter i'm the head soccer coach at de la salle and also with soccer innovations and uh, we've been having a, a pretty eventful uh, month, haven't we? Um, and the last, I mean, between COVID, this, uh, with the storm, and of course, with the George Floyd situation. And um, tonight's show is going to be really sh- short, but not, uh, um, i find the right words, uh, not potent, okay? Uh, um, it, it's going to be potent. And I was warned by friends of mine not to maybe touch this. But uh, I think in light of everything that's happening, I think we need to. And, and the, this is uh, the George Floyd situation. I mean, the protests still continue and uh, and people are yelling and screaming for justice. And I, I get that as a Christian. I just want to warn you all that justice usually is returned with justice. And I pray for mercy instead from God instead of justice, um, although justice is deserved. Justice is always deserved. But, man, if we get what we really deserve every day, think about that for a minute. Okay, um, so we got also uh, um, have some mercy. I, I think if you're a Christian, anyway, if you're not a Christian, um, depending on your tradition, but uh, it's a whole lot harder to be merciful than it is uh, to demand justice. You know, and uh, and just usually the demand for justice usually leads to reparations. Sometimes reparations are violent too. And uh, and anyway. Uh, um, uh, this is not a political show, but this is a show about soccer. But I think I think it's uh, time that we kind of take a look now, now that we've had a month of this, to kind of take a look at um, what we can learn from this George Floyd situation um, in regards to the game of soccer in Louisiana. And we kind of have four a four-headed monster when it comes to soccer. We have the players, we have the coaches, we have the referees, and we have the fans. And we all bring whatever um, prejudices we have to the table. Now, remember, there's a difference between prejudice and racism, preference and and, uh, and racism, okay, too. We all feel kind of comfortable, like most of y'all, if, if we were to sit uh, in a gang of, uh, of uh, like, in a cafeteria where we're going to go sit and have open seating and we recognize soccer people, uh, we're probably going to feel more comfortable 
about sitting with the soccer people than sitting with the astrophysicists, although I'd go with the astrophysicists. <laughs> That's just the weirdness of me, but I love space. But most of us will probably feel more comfortable with soccer coaches. That doesn't mean you're racist against astrophysicists. That's what prejudice is, okay? Kind of cover that in my class. I teach social justice at, at, at my school. I've been teaching it for so long now. And and uh, and so there, there there's a difference. Sometimes it's kind of like the way communism and socialism gets used synonymously when they're not the same thing. Okay, uh, whatsoever. <laughs> and so, uh, and Marxism too, for that matter. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of times people just clump things in. And, uh, uh, and so look, when it comes to, when it comes to recognizing differences in people, uh, I don't want to make a, a utopian one culture human race. I love the different cultures. I love different foods. I love different, different festivals. I love different languages. I love the different Clothing styles, all that stuff is something to celebrate. Eating eating one food, like can you imagine eating spaghetti every day? Okay, spaghetti's awesome, but after five days of it, wouldn't you rather eat some Chinese food? <laughs> okay, or uh, eat a good hamburger, and um, and so it's good that we have these differences, and we need to celebrate these differences. And uh, so, uh, I don't think the solution to George Floyd is that we all just look with rose-colored glasses that we're all the same, we have the same culture, and 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 uh, whatnot. I think what we need to do is just um, recognize where um, where. Assumptions are made, especially the ugly word stereotypes are made. Uh, and whenever you're stereotyping anybody, I, I believe you are making a mistake. Okay. Um, uh, period. Uh, uh, name the stereotype. We can list a hundred of them. But uh, once you've stereotyped a person before you even said hello to them, uh, your response to them is going to be marred in a way. And so, what does it have to do about soccer? Well, here, 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 here's how it goes, okay? Um, I've coached all white teams. I've coached all black teams. I've coached all Hispanic teams. And I've coached mixed teams. And, uh, uh, and, and, and I feel it. When I, come to, when I come to a field, okay, uh, um, a lot of times I have to tell uh, – my teams of color, okay, that uh, they are going to be assumed uh, to be out of control, undisciplined, uncoached, uh, uncivilized maybe even. And you can rant and rave about it. You can kick and scream about it, um, which, you know, you can do. Um, but I think the right thing to do is to prove that the stereotype is wrong by by uh, taking the higher ground, we kind of hear people say when it comes to like uh, people in the media, take the higher ground, which from a Christian point of view is something we're trying to teach the kids, you know, to uh, handle injustice in the future. doesn't mean let somebody walk all over you and run all over you, but, it, you know, you have a right to defend yourself for goodness sakes, but, uh, but yet you have to, you have to um, um, just, uh, uh, not be defined by other people's opinions about you, especially when those opinions are being yelled at you. I've had teams where I've gone to fields and 
people are on the sidelines with rebel flags and uh and uh my kids would be really intimidated by that and 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 of course the human nature is is there too i mean uh, we're all working towards sainthood it's not like it's an automatic fix for us and so you know i have to teach them how to calm down and i i tell you one of the i've already said this a few few million times i think but the greatest lesson i had to learn when i started teaching at soccer innovations was i had to get the mexican players honduran players and el salvadoran players to treat each other equally okay because one wouldn't pass to the other um and you know there'd be an attitude about each other about them that you know wouldn't be fair and so even internally, I had to deal with that. Uh, and then externally, when we go against teams, uh, I would just stereotype them all as, quote unquote, Mexicans, okay? And and whatever that means uh, to whatever they think that means, um, then we just have to show, you know, that we are uber polite. We are very respectful. We are clean mouth. Um, you know, um, we are not going to blatantly foul, uh, not going to retaliate if we do get fouled. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, uh, when the game is over, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've gotten people who were expecting the opposite to come to me and say, you know, all kind of wonderful things about the team. And, uh, and even how much they wish that their kids would behave like our kids behaved, you know. Now, admit, uh, I admit that, you know, many times it's hard to get your teams to do that, especially if they've been coached away from you to do that. I find that a whole lot in my life, like because with high school and the club dance, sometimes your kids are playing for somebody else in the same calendar year that they're playing for you and they're getting a totally different message. So I think um, uh, what we can learn from George Floyd, everybody, is uh, is as a coach, if you're a coach listening, you know, making a rash stereotypical assumption about a team um, sends messages, you know, and also assuming uh, things about a team because of their racial makeup can can really be damaging. Um, um, assuming that, assuming, for example, a Brazilian team is going to possess the ball, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? They might not be able to possess the ball at all, though. I've played different types of uh, Brazilian teams and, uh, um, you know, but assuming that they can, they have high skill and they can possess the ball is, is normal. Okay. And good. And uh, I think the assumption, uh, you know, uh, of, of bad behavior is bad. Okay. That, um, I, I went to a, a tournament in Europe and the, I was talking to the tournament director and and they just assumed that all the Brazilian teams are going to be rowdy and out of control. So they camped all the Brazilian teams into one camp, which I thought was a mistake. And uh, uh, because how are they going to grow with other cultures if they're going to just stick with Brazilians uh, the whole time? And But the assumption was made that for damage control, they were going to keep them in the uh, in the worst barracks. Um that's wrong. I think I think it is wrong. I mean, y'all can talk to me about whether or not you agree with me, but um, um, uh, you know, we can call people to higher standards and expectations too. You know, I think to assume uh, one thing I've always hated was, you know, if a referee or uh, players assume that a quote unquote affluent team is going to play refined soccer or whatever. I mean. 
that's a mistake too. I mean, they could be well coached. They might not be well coached. So, you know, making assumptions like that. If I see a team and it has has a very uh, expensive school name on their chest, or I know that they're the elite team of a high powered club, okay, I'm going to make assumptions that these guys are well coached. These girls know what they're doing, and I'm going to prepare my team for that. But when it comes to like, okay. They're dirty, or or they're going to pull you shirts, or this or that, or because because they're such or such a, a race, or they come from such or such a neighborhood. I think that's something that we can improve upon um, in the soccer world. You know, like when we're preparing our teams as coaches. All right, you know, you're playing a certain high school that has a certain reputation for violence. Well, maybe just maybe this team isn't like that at all. And I've seen that countless times where the school might be a school with a reputation of kids being out of control. But the teams were the team was like they were they were not like gentlemen. They were gentlemen uh, through and through. So uh, as a coach, we can control that. I think a lot of our a lot of us in listen to the show, I think as a player. Um, I think, uh, um, one, one thing that has always bothered me, um, with players and referees and other coaches is that, uh, if a kid is presumed guilty because of the way he looks, because of the way he's dressed. And so if there's a foul where you can't tell who committed the foul, the, the poor kid is going to get the call called against him. And um, uh, I've seen that happen too many times. And I try to correct it with talking to the referee at halftime, not embarrassing him out in public. And uh, uh, because I want our kids to show respect for authority, you know, and sometimes authority is going to make a mistake. I think one of the big problems with with the George Floyd thing is is showing that, uh, um, uh, you know, it's wrong for a police officer just to assume that a person of color is going to be anti-supportive of the police. And I think what got everybody upset with this case is that we all talk to our kids about how to how to treat the police when they pull you over, when they talk to you. Um, and this guy did it by the book and still wound up dead. And so I think that's just what's going to, his case is going to hopefully, when all this settles, we're going to hopefully have um, this problem no more. I hope, I hope that's going to be the case. You know, the stuff that's, a, the stuff that is resulting Outside of the case is another show for another time. This all the violence and going on here, but the whole idea that's the whole idea that started the protests, you know, I think it, it comes comes into play where people are just tired of being being assumed that they're either guilty or not guilty. I'll tell I'll tell you a good example. Um, uh, I hope no police are listening, but this Sunday I passed a police officer up with an expired brake tag and a cracked windshield. And I was like, oh, no, here comes the ticket because I haven't had enough money yet to fix my windshield. And uh, and you can't get a brake tag without without a, with your windshield cracked. And I passed him up, no problem. And I kept wondering while I was driving, if I was black, would I have been able to do that? And, and of course, I'd have to, you know, uh, switch the tables to find out exactly what would have happened, but there's no doubt about it that that uh, um, I had a fighting chance in that in that situation. And this is just a few days ago, y'all. Um, um, yesterday, to be more precise. So. Um, I think for referees and players, and especially fans, I mean, to bring a rebel flag at the field, really, I mean, for a referee to even allow that is um, is a bit much. I think referees need to know that they're in control of the game. 
and the fans need to not be antagonistic towards the referees and and not be inflammatory towards the players calling them racial names and i've heard it all y'all i've heard i've heard it all and i've heard it all on the back end the other side of the fence too where people of color are making fun of kids who are white and uh and this just stoking that fire and uh and so look in the soccer world can we have an effect on this george floyd situation i think absolutely okay uh, uh but we have to be able to Declare the elephant in the room. If you're a coach, you have to be able to call this out. If you're a player, you can't assume other players who are different than you are going to um, um, be antagonistic towards you. Um, and if you are a player who feels like you're getting the short end of the stick, instead of whining and complaining and fouling and combating, maybe just show them that you are not the assumption that they're making and make them think twice about it after it's over. I've seen that happen over and over again. And, uh, and of course, as coaches, you know, we need to really adhere to the kids respecting the, the, the referees, the players and the fans and, 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 and focusing their attention on, on, on you, the coach, on our, you're their voice. Uh, I heard a really good analogy yesterday or two days ago that we're shepherds and, uh, and the sheep recognize their, their, their shepherd's voice. It's, and they should be able to tune out all the voices that are out there, the parents who are talking and giving uh, contrary commands to their players while the coach is trying to tell them to go left, but the mom or dad is telling them in the stands to go right. Uh, and if, if, the, if the parents are respecting their coach and let the coaches coach and the coach is respecting the needs of the team, <clears throat> you know, then the player is going to listen to the coach. The coach is going to make sure that the team doesn't get into an inflammatory situation as much as they can control. You can't control the other team, but you can sure have an impression upon them. Okay. Um, uh, so, and I think really when it comes to coaches and referees, I, I, I think referees need to, I mean, coaches need to show referees respect there and, uh, and really not call them out and put them in a defensive place. Um, and uh, that's a problem in all sports where people feel like they have to play the referee, okay, and uh, uh, or manage the referee, if you will. I've heard that at coaching clinics, uh, you know, and, and coaching gatherings where this is how I manage my referees, okay, and and really that referee is it's not there to be managed, you know, and. The players know. One thing we said said here is that the kids know what's going on. They know what's going on, okay, for the most part. And uh, um, and so as a coach, you've really got to just be very cognizant that the main role models on the field are, are you. And uh, and if and you should be able to shake the other coach's hand when the game is over, even in an intense championship environment. There should be no hard feelings when that game is done. Okay, and I've been on both sides of that fence. Okay, won against Jesuit three zero and lost to Jesuit three zero in the state championships. You should be able to shake that coach's hand, knowing that you gave that other team everything you had, and that other team is is better than you that day. Okay, or played better than you that day and you were better. You know, that happens all the time, too. That's why you play the game. But to finish a game and then start getting cocky and buoyant and, and start saying, well, we're better than you. And this means that, you know, God has favored us over than you. And then, man, then, then you've crossed over a major, major line. And uh, we're all we are all, all are in this together. 
And um, and I think it's time we learn how to live in peace uh, or at least take a step in that direction. I think that's going to be the fallout of the George Floyd stuff. I'm hoping that's going to be the fallout on the soccer field. Um, and I hope it's going to be the fallout in many areas of our life if we can come to a peaceful end of this protest. Okay. Well, let me know what you think. You can contact me at Monday Night Football. That's at M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L with your opinions and and your comments. And I'll be really, really anxious to see what you have to think about this, especially on our Facebook page. We can have a conversation about it. Okay. So until next week, uh, this is Coach Dritter from Monday Night Football. Wishing you and your family peace. Take care. Carpe diem in Christ. Bye-bye.